Well, welcome, everyone. This is your host, Lucian Gothier, and I am here with David Avocado-Wolf. David, you've launched your new blog, and it's getting a lot of traction. Hundreds of thousands of people are now reading these very interesting articles that you're putting together, one of them called This Ancient Plant Time-Traveled 32,000 Years to Bring Us Flowers is getting a lot of traction. A lot of people have read it, and we thought it would be great to share with our listeners some of the insights and stories that you have about this amazing plant. This is my ninth generation of growing it here in Ontario, Canada. And I was showing my friends this plant and they afterwards, like I took them out there in the middle of the night and then showed them it in the middle of the day, showed them it on a super hot day. And they were, they were blown away. So I was able to take all of that and throw that into an article and put that on the blog site, which is really cool. It's really fun to kind of share it a different way with pictures and text and video. And for those of you wondering what plant that David and I are talking about, this plant is one of his favorite to grow. It is tobacco. And David, there are so many misconceptions about tobacco. Of course, the main one being smoking tobacco kills you, gives you lung cancer. For some of the people listening, let's kind of demystify tobacco as a plant and draw a distinction between cigarettes and tobacco because those are actually completely two different things. There was a doctor who was a Canadian doctor, actually, and I do have the book with all his information in it. I, I found it in Winnipeg. It's in this house somewhere. It, it's a really cool book. And he discovered and he got he got kind of you know sidetracked from his normal medical career. And he started having a, a, a kind of an understanding that it was cigarettes that were causing cancer, not tobacco. So he eventually found out that he was right, that it's actually all the burn agents and chemicals and flavoring agents and god knows what else the stems the unusable parts the 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 chemicals and pesticides that are used to grow tobacco and then he found that like traditional cigars there was no no change in cancer rates whatsoever and you see this in the amazon it's very obvious because you'll see amazonian shamans that are 80 and 90 100 years old and they're, they're smoking tobacco every day and they have been since they were 12 years old. And it's like, then you go start to see, okay, it's, it's not the smoking that's killing you. It's the chemicals that are in it all. And let me just tell you this little story. I got into growing tobacco because one of my employees years ago, back in the old nature's first law, he, he brought me two Mayan Nicotiana tobaccos, which is very similar to the smoking tobacco that people are smoking most of the time. It's, the same species. And I grew them right on each side of the door, on the front door when you walk in, so that they could get some direct sunlight, because they really didn't do that good as indoor plants. And then eventually, they seeded, and they formed seed pods. And I, I saved those seeds. And then when I went to Hawaii and, and got that place, started Noni Land, I took those seeds and just started playing around and growing it. And, and that was the same year that I started growing it up here as well, in Ontario, nine years ago. And I just have a green thumb for it, because tobaccos are heavy feeders. So I like throwing everything, sea salt, rock, dust, um, charcoal, all different kinds of mycelium, you know, the whole, uh, peat moss, coconut moss, you know, or, or coconut peat. Just all of that stuff is, you know, my, my, that's how I grow cacao, but that's also what tobacco likes. Now, interestingly, the guy who started American Spirit Tobacco originally, way back in the beginning, his conclusion about the tobacco industry is, there is no, there's nothing out there that actually you should be smoking, even if it says it's organic. Um, that the only thing that's left today based on this, the chemicals used, the processing, all of it is to grow your own. And I, I thought that was very interesting. And he wrote a book called Tobacco Cultivation, which is a classic in the field because it's all kinds of people from all eras of time. Tobacco likes a sandy, 
silty, um, high organic content, almost clay-like soil. So it's like a, like a mix of clay and sand, essentially, which is kind of what I kind of stumbled into. But, you know, to see it said 200 years ago by dudes growing tobacco in, you know, like central England, that was pretty cool to kind of be to have that verified. And it's still surprising to me, Dave, to this day, many people don't know that cigarette smoke contains over 4,000 chemicals. And among them, there are 43 known cataloged, well-researched, cancer-causing compounds. It also contains formaldehyde, ammonia, hydrogen cyanide, arsenic, and, if you can believe it, DDT. So, you know, obviously these things weren't around in the ancient times. Tobacco was used among shamans and people of indigenous cultures. What was the kind of deal there? What was going on when people used tobacco before all these chemicals were introduced? Well, there's a tobacco is a very powerful medicinal plant. And this is, you know, my friend Russell, who is trained as an Amazonian shaman, you know, one of the most dedicated people I know in, in the field of plant medicine, one day he turned and he said, we, we've got to correct this tobacco debacle. I mean, it's the what people think tobacco is versus what it is, is it's the exact opposite. So anyway, it, that's what's going on with tobacco. So let's talk about some of the medicinal effects. One of the medicinal effects about tobacco is it's a very powerful anti-allergen and anti-insect bite. It's, it's anti-inflammatory, especially topically. So for example, let's say you've got a really bad bee sting or wasp sting or hornet, something like that. Something that's really, you know, pretty vicious or ant. Um, what do you do? You take crushed up tobacco leaves and you just rub it right into your skin and it will neutralize that bite so fast it will turn your head. Another important use of tobacco is that tobacco is an anti-allergen. So this is this is what I got into through my experience with Amazonian shamanism going to the jungle, you know, in Peru and that that whole world is that you can take tobacco like leaf and powder it up, very, very fine powder, and then they blow it into your nose and it just stops allergies. And, you know, this is something I have dealt with since since puberty. You know, it's like as soon as I hit puberty, all of a sudden I started having allergies to pollens. For me, that's called a, a rapé, by the way, when they blow the tobacco up your nose. It just stops it. It just, I don't have it. I don't have any allergy because tobacco is a very powerful anti-allergen. What else can be said about tobacco? Tobacco is a potentiator. I mean, it's that's what nicotine is. And nicotine dilates every cell in your body and, and therefore can allow more. In particular, the effect on us is it allows more blood flow into and out of your brain. That is the tobacco rush or the tobacco high. And it has to do with vitamin B3. You know, you've heard me say this before, that nicotine, nicotinamide, niacin and niacinamide or vitamin B3 is basically chemically identical to nicotine and it hits the nicotine hits the vitamin b3 receptor site which is present on every living cell on earth which is that to me is just a mind bender right there so there's a whole thing going on there with the niacin pathway that not only dilates cells but it also has a very important role to play in energy production and if you look into this you'll find out that there's a nicotine compound i think it's called nadh that nicotine, adenosine, whatever, whatever the other part is, NADH, I'm pretty sure is the name of it, which is like ATP production. It's one of the most important things to produce energy there is in your body. That, now, that just was such a mind better to see that the chemical is actually nicotine. Tobacco is also, this is 
confirmed by my friend Ramiz, who did all the scientific lab research for my Shaga book and, and, and many things that I've had him check out for me over the years. One of the things he did confirm for me, he came to me and he said, this was his theory. He came to me, he had done 120 different samples of hemp and cannabis from all over Canada. And his conclusion was that it's the highest mineral content land plant. And I said, well, no, actually tobacco is higher. And so I had him tested and he, and he said, you're right. Tobacco is higher. So I actually did get him on a couple of things and that was one of them. So what is, what is of interest there? And I think I mentioned this in an inter- interview with us before is that of all plants in the world, cannabis and tobacco are the highest mineral content land plants. That's actually unbelievable. Is, is that unusual? I mean, that, I find that to be a very shocking coincidence. It's just those two. And, you know, it goes on and on. But the thing I love about tobacco probably more than anything is the flowers. And that's the main reason why I grow it is because that's what our bees use to pollinate. I mean, that's you got to have some tobacco pollen going into your honey in order to potentiate it. And it's not toxic. It's a, not a toxic pollen. There are toxic pollens and there are uh, honeys that they can actually have toxic effects on you. But tobacco is not one of those. And there are incredibly gorgeous flowering nicotianas of all different types, of which I grow about probably five major different varieties at this point, you know, with subspecies in there, but five actual different types of tobacco, completely different species. So that explains why the tobacco companies use tobacco, because basically it's just a delivery system for driving in those addictive chemicals and stimulating chemicals in people's brains and every cell of their body for the very fact that it is a potentiator. Right there, you just put your finger on why chemical tobacco is the most dangerous thing in the world. There's nothing more dangerous than taking a bunch of chemicals <laughs> and throwing like vitamin B3 on top of it. Like, oh, let's just flush your body, open every pore that exists in your whole organism, and we'll drive the most toxic garbage right in. That sounds great. And that's what the chemical tobacco industry is. So I'm definitely very much against all of that stuff, of course. Um, but I'm not against tobacco as a plant. Tobacco is a very important plant. Another another important thing about tobacco in this ecosystem in Ontario, Canada, is that tobacco. You know, we we I've got deer in the backyard. I've got deer all over this place. I mean, it is hard to keep them out. I've over the years, it's taken me ten years to to figure out how to naturally fence them out without putting in fences. Because I don't want to put a bunch of fences around here. You know, it's, it's in forest. But there are things you can do that naturally interfere with their normal patterns of the way they come into your yard, which I've kind of learned over the years. And that's been cool. But the deer will not touch any place that has tobacco in it. But sometimes they'll come and they'll test it out and they'll get very, they're very, they get very sick from tobacco. Tobacco is a toxic plant. Then they leave everything else alone. And that's how the Native Americans in North, Central, and South America farmed without fences for 10,000 years. I'm really fascinated to hear you go into this in more detail. I know when I went to Noni Land, I was really curious as to all the tobacco that was growing around there because I know you don't smoke tobacco. So I was like, well, what's, what's the deal with all this tobacco? And, uh, and then I saw you using it as natural pest control and I was really interested. And, you know, it's really, it's really fascinating to hear you go into more detail about this. Tobacco of all things. I mean, I never in a million years would have thought that would be my, my plant. That's the green, th- I have a green thumb for tobacco like nobody in the world. I felt the calling and just followed it, and it's been very rewarding. I mean, it has brought me incredible varieties of tobacco. I mean, this tobacco variety, this one that came out of a tomb, what happened was, let me tell that whole story. It's in it's in my blog, but I just want to tell it because it's so cool. The, a friend of mine 
um, he had a roommate and her dad was involved in an archaeological dig in Thunder Bay, Ontario. And there they unearthed a tomb, a Native American tomb. And inside it was um, a cache of tobacco seeds. We were able to get a hold of some of those seeds, sprout them and grow them. And we've been doing that here nine generations. So those seeds were a thousand years old, as estimated by that archaeologist. It's right right now I've got the best, best selection I've ever had of that particular cultivar out in the garden. It is, it, I, I've actually got it this year. It's just, it's just, I can go on and on about this because it's, I'm so fascinated by it. After all these years, this is the ninth generation. This is nine years of growing this plant. This year, for some reason, there was three of them or four of them actually that we were able to get sprouted early, right? Get them right into the garden at the right time because, you know, we're dealing with obviously a very powerful winter here and very cold winter and get it into the garden and get it going. And they got to a stage of development that I'd never seen before in all these years. So they got bigger. They And when they got to that next stage bigger, they also produced a different type of leaf. They produced a different type of flower arrangement. I'm just looking at this. I'm going, how could this be after all these years? This is a completely different plant than I'd ever grown before, but it's the same plant. It's just what was hiding in the genetics. And I'm sure there's a lot more that I don't know about. All right, awesome. If you want to read this blog in full, you can check out davidwolf.com. Scroll down to the blog post entitled, This Ancient Plant, Time Travel, 32,000 Years to Bring Us Flowers. It's a really fascinating blog post filled with pictures and cool little stories and tidbits and facts. So check that out. This is your host, Lucian Gothier, signing off, and we're wishing you the best day ever.